0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Face Turn Podcast here on the Sports Insanity Network. My name is Noah Tremblay, joined as always by Mike Punmaster Rifkid and Lawrence Patchman-Lang. Gentlemen, how you guys doing? What's going on? Not
1: too much, man. Lawrence, how you doing? Oh, you know, after a long day of working a baseball game and then going into a rain delay, I am finally happy to be home. I have my um, double stuffed pizza in the toaster oven, toaster <laughs> play, and waiting for it. But I'm here to talk some wrestling before. That's
0: I... that sounds like a good good night. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, so we got a lot of stuff to cover on this episode. We're going to talk about some AEW booking decisions. We're going to talk about some superstars returning to the ring in WWE. But the big news that we got to talk about right now, and that's what dropped yesterday, and. We have another release, and not just any release, probably the biggest release in the last three months. Yeah, it it was pretty big. Bray Wyatt has been released from WWE. It was announced. We are recording this on August 1st, Sunday, and this just happened on Saturday, July 31st. But, yeah, uh, Bray Wyatt has been released from his WWE contract. Um, This is an article from Breacher Report. Uh, WWE sent shockwaves to the professional wrestling world Saturday when it announced the, re- the release of Bray Wyatt after 12 years with the company. Uh, since Wyatt had been one of WWE's top stars over the past several years and a successful mover and merchandise, by all accounts, few could have expected this. Uh, so, yeah, big, big shocker around the wrestling world as uh, one of the most creative minds, I think, of our generation has been released from WWE. Uh, so, Lawrence, I'll throw it to you first. What's your reaction to hearing
1: Bray Wyatt getting released? You know, to throw it towards a little bit of baseball for a second, I thought the Nats trading away all the players that I love broke my heart. But now my heart's like in pieces because of this. Because Bray Wyatt was someone that I loved ever since he – I wouldn't say I would go with Husky Harris – when the when NXT first started with um their like their show basically quotation marks, and then you know he evolved into the ear of worlds and this creepy swamp cult leader that you know that had Braun Strowman, Luke Harper, and Eric Rowan, loved it. Lost my mind when he won the Illumination Chamber and pinned AJ Styles for the title. Then he disappears again, comes back with this fiend gimmick and Firefly Funhouse gimmick like what whatever it's like wb said here take this we don't care what you do with it and then he turns it into gold and then that gold gets melted down and then disappears yeah
0: well and that's okay. another i just don't mean to, i don't mean to interrupt you there Lawrence, but that's okay. a big thing that was that people have realized that the entire wyatt family has been released from WWE now which is insane they were one of the top
1: factions maybe five years ago. And, you know, we, we – go so before Braun joined, we had the White family versus the Shield. And the only person left out of that match is – oh, no, there's, there's, um, there's two people. Like you got Roman and Seth. But other than that, everyone else has gone out of that. And, and you know – go ahead.
0: Oh, well, no, it's just like those guys should have been top stars in the company for the next ten years after that match.
1: It's like it's like reiterating, you know. WB says, you know, what? we have nothing for you, but we had this thing. It's like it's we 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 think it's not going to work. And then what does Bray Wyatt do? He turns it into gold, makes it work. People love it. I I I've been to house shows when he was um house shows live events. I've been there where you know he's coming out to his entrance and as either world gimmick, and everyone has their cell phone out doing the flashlight. Moving it around because it's the fireflies. They're flying around. Like, and it's an eerie sight because it's like, this is cool. I love this. And everyone loved it. And then they get thrilled And then the team. Sad, fiends- sad, sad week for Patchman because of his team rebuilding. And then this happens on Saturday, July 31st. Yeah,
0: just a, just a bad end of the week. Uh, Mike, I'll throw it to you now. Uh, what's your reaction to Wyatt getting released?
2: Disappointed. I think it's the best word I can use. Um, no, we were in school. I loved the Wyatt family. We all did. We all we loved all the was. Wyatt family. It It was different. But it was really cool even though it was different. They were enter, entertaining. it was it was something you, you wanted to fear, but it was really likable. It's a likable fear. And they were never booked right anyway. But this is a, another example of something we've talked about with past releases. Bray Wyatt got over on his own. The Fiend got over on its own. And now there's, as usual, there was a booking issue with Bray Wyatt, The Fiend, whoever you want to call him. And they're like, eh, well, we, we can't find anything else for you, so you're going to be out. That doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah. To-
0: it, it, it's heartbreaking to see this Because like a lot of people have said Is that he's one of the most creative Geniuses of our generation Like he like Patch just said He could take anything And make it work And make it like the best thing in the world The Fiend, like you really, If you really think about it The Fiend, just a concept Not what Bray Wyatt did with it But the Fiend is a concept It shouldn't have worked
2: can I read the Mickey James tweet?
0: Yes, go ahead. Read what Mickey James because tweeted Mickey about this.
2: James quote tweet. Well, actually, the word.
0: actually, let me stop you there, Mike, because we're gonna get to something about that later, which that tweet kind of refers to.
2: Okay. So
0: just save that for just a second. Um, but yeah, no, it, it just the initial reaction was just gut punching. I mean, I remember when our friend Adam from Sports State Network texted me. And he see, I just see, cause like when you send like an article, it doesn't show it, and I just see no effing way, and I'm like, what, what happened? And I, I pull it up, it just says Bray Wyatt released. I'm like, no, well, you, there's no way.
1: You bring up that I was working my other, one of my other jobs, one, one of my three jobs over the weekend for personal reasons. I cannot release that statement at this time, but regardless, I'm there running camera, and then. My watch goes up, it's our group chat blown up saying, hey, Watch was released. And then five minutes later, my other group chat for that I talked wrestling with, that blew up too. So I'm like, well, I can't respond to this right now because I had to look it up after I got done. I'm like, you are got to be kidding me.
0: Yeah, and we've heard all the stuff. We've seen how badly The theme has been booked ever since he debuted. I mean, he was neutered within two months. With the horrible hell in a cell match, which is probably the worst wrestling match in history that I've seen personally, um, and to see a guy who has a mind like this just get battered and tossed around, just terrible decision after terrible decision, just get tossed like this—it's just—it's un—it's unfair. It's unfair to like him as a performer because now he's lost his job for what. He was one of your biggest sellers. Like, why would you get rid of that? Like, even if you don't... Even if we ignore all the creative stuff or all how good he is in the ring, if he's moving merchandise for you, why do you want to get rid of that? That doesn't make any sense to me.
1: I, I don't see either. If he's moving merch and, okay, granted, maybe his in-ring work was going down just a little bit. No shot at him at all. It was... Man- the man is a genius on the mic
0: oh god yeah he's one of the best promos of all time
1: and he's so he, good at like weaving these stories cult leader and then he can do something silly and something you may not like with the firefly funhouse and then he goes back and then he could turn that gimmick into something really silly then go right snap a finger go right to being serious right and and
0: like the best thing about Bray Wyatt was that he's a storyteller. He can weave these stories and like there's a promo that he did on like a YouTube video for WWE in 2016 or something like that. And he's mentioning like the foundations of the theme gimmick. He's mentioning like the man in the woods, this thing that took me over that I can't control He's referencing the Fiend. He's laying the groundwork for what the Fiend is. And this was three three years before the gimmick even debuted. And that ability is so hard to find that you could just weave these intricate stories. make every The best part about him was that everything made sense. Everything he did made complete sense. You're like, yeah, he totally would do that. Like the fiend totally wants this. He totally wants to go after Daniel Bryan because he betrayed the Wyatt family. He totally wants to destroy John Cena in the Firefly Funhouse match, and to have a talent like this now gone is. He's just un- It's just really sad to see. This is what this is the most somber one I think I've seen where it's just it just destroys you. It's like why, like why are we letting this guy go, and the worst part is that he can't bring the fiend gimmick with him. It's not his. And that's going to be the worst part is that we're the fiends done unless he resigns sometime down in the future. So I want to weave that into the next question that I have for you guys is, and Mike, I'll throw it to you first is why do you think this release happened? Because we haven't seen a, this wasn't like a, the start of like a big batch of releases. This was just him by himself and the last releases we had were a, a good month ago so it felt like we were kind of out of that release period of by WWE and now this one just kind of happens kind of odd timing so what do you think is the reason behind it do you think it's all WWE is it maybe him what do you, what do you think
2: all right, so, so I want to preface it by saying they claim it was due to budget cuts
0: according, according to Dave Meltzer it was due to budget
1: cuts that's what they told Wyatt
2: I claim that's bull
1: I call it shenanigans as well.
2: My, from what I've read, they did have a plan for him at SummerSlam. He was going to be there. So one of it's one of two things. One, he said, look, I need some more time off. And he was coping with the death of Brody Lee, and that's been very hard on him. He's been very public about that. He really has. I think... the. I also think there's a... I think there's a division within WWE itself. I think part of it is there are people who get over on their own and creatively... The creative team doesn't like that. The creative team is like, no, this is how this is going to work. And we're going to try to hold you down for as long as we can. And I think for certain people, that gets frustrating. And that could have been the situation with The Fiend or Bray Wyatt. We can talk about this or not, but I don't know if there's been a guy booked as inconsistently or more disappointing than Bray Wyatt. 100% but, agree with that. Just, just uh, uh, There's no reason Bray Wyatt or The Fiend should lose a match to Randy Orton at WrestleMania. There's no reason for it. You could have easily done the whole Alexa Bliss stuff after the match. Right. Or then here's an idea. The next night on Raw. I'm sure, Wyatt, stu- I'm sure why it would have come for one more day. Right. So that's a part of it. But I listen, I, I do think a part of it could have been him saying, I need a little bit more time. The death of Brody Lee still bothers him, seeing how close those two guys were. And his mental health is very important, as mm-hmm. it is with everybody else. So if they didn't feel that way, and they were just like, "Well, if you're not coming into work, we're going to release you." If that's how it went down, then that's on them. But well, and also he—I want to say it's fifty-fifty. Fifty. Uh, well, also
0: remember is that he was also gone because apparently he was dealing with an injury because he uh-huh. just—he had just yeah. been cleared so, to return. So.
2: So if he was cleared to return. Unless he didn't like what they had going for him at SummerSlam. There's a lot of stuff that could have been. Like, let's be realistic for a second. I don't know how close the plans have been. You could have had The Fiend versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE title at SummerSlam instead of Goldberg. Now, I'm not saying The Fiend would win. But what I'm saying, you could. Have, I don't know what you had in store for him. It better not have been he was coming after Orton or riddled by association. Mm-hmm. That chapter should be done.
0: Yeah, that chapter should be done and over with. And but, I totally agree with you. But oh, sorry, Mike, do you have more to say? I, I'm just going to say
2: we don't know. I'm going to say it was 50 50, but I'm leaning more on the side of Bray White. Bray White just could have been done with the company as a whole.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, patchy what what are you, what about you, what's your thoughts on that question like do you think do you think it was the company or do you think it was him more?
1: Um, maybe both sides will'll go I we'll, we'll start with W's side I guess if if, if it came out that you said hey, I need more time and he's like you know what we're gonna let you go and then maybe we'll reconvene in six months. And maybe they just released him, so maybe that way, I wouldn't say it's—I wouldn't say it's on their shoulders, but like, God forbid he did the inedible, and did the deed, and and you know, then like, yeah, no, we're washing our hands clean of this, and then that—it's it, like it's on—it's on him, and that way they're not associated with it. But then again, it could be Bray Wyatt saying, you know what? No, you know what? Maybe Brodie Lee's death is maybe his way. I wouldn't say way out, but I would say maybe Brody Lee passing is like, you know what, maybe he just wants to be done with wrestling and not associated with because, because of Brody passing. You, you see that with some sports sometimes. A certain person passes away, players players or athletes just stop playing the sport or doing what they do.
0: So. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of I don't, I hope that's not the case I hope it's not because he just wants to be done with wrestling um, I do think there is it's, There's both sides to why this happened Because like I said there was just, it, This was just such odd timing All the releases have really happened And I felt like this was like Okay, this is what we're going to go with now This These are the guys we're going to stick with And the women we're going to stick with um, I, I think on the company side Like you guys said there might have been some creative differences that they both had where they're like okay we're just gonna take a break from you and we're going to reconvene sometime we just need we just don't think your character fits right now i mean hell they already got their fiend in a certain someone which we'll talk about in a little bit which you know it's not fair to him but but I do think there was a part of him that said, look, Brody Lee's death has just been way too much harder on me. I can't, I don't want to return to wrestling right now. And I can understand where the company's coming from. If like, if he's saying I need more time, it's like, okay, well, not to be, and not to like brag on WWE, but to be fair to them, it's like, well, you haven't been working for four or five months. We haven't seen you since WrestleMania if you will need more time, we can't have you work. We can't have you under contract because then we're just paying for nothing. And so I, I understand to play devil's advocate. I understand where WWE is coming from. If that's the case, you can't have a guy under contract if he's not going to work for like eight, nine months, you know, unless if he's cleared to arrest, you can't have that. But I do think on his part that there is, there is more to this where I just think he's either, either the one of two things happened on his side for me or in this either the creative differences got way too much. And he just said, I'm done. I don't want to be with this company anymore. Please. I, I think personally, I think Bray Wyatt asked for his release. I don't think the company just came to this decision. I think he asked for it and it either was because of all the creative differences. He said, I just don't want to be here anymore. Or because he just needs more time off, whether that's permanent or not. We'll find out. And obviously we got to find out which side it was. So, because I know everyone was tweeting like, oh, can not we see him AEW? It's like, I don't think, don't bank on that right yet. This could be much more serious than we initially thought, you know, trying. Because obviously we have not heard his side yet. And who knows when we'll hear his side. You know, maybe he'll send a tweet or something, but we just don't know. Okay. So move on to the last part of this, um, the person I mentioned earlier, the person who – I'll try to say this the right way. The person who's still in WWE who's been affected the most by this, obviously, is Alexa Bliss because her and The Fiend were very close in storyline before The Fiend left. She basically – I don't want to say she stole it, but she's pretty much the female version of The Fiend. She's pretty much doing, she's filling the fiend void while he was gone. And uh, she reacted to this in a tweet uh, when the news broke. uh, Quote, I really am at a loss for words. Thank you so much, Wyndham, for everything you've done for this company. The most fun I've had working, most fun I've had is working with you. Such an amazing talent and the most kind person. I am just in shock. Uh, So, and then Mike, uh, what did Mickey James tweet out?
2: All right so so this is on the release of Wyatt a quote tweet from Mickey James he says I think what you meant to say was thank you so much for coming up with such an incredible gimmick time and time again one so cool and over we really didn't know how to book it right so we just gave it gave it to someone else so we could still make it all make all the money off of it and let you go she also goes on to say this isn't against Alexa. I love her. She's an incredible performer. Who was killing it in a role she was given? She always does. We are we as artists take every role get we're given and turn it into gold. He, she, they both did that. Like it or not, facts are facts. So sorry if that offends you.
0: Okay, so let's break down this the break down those two tweets and let's start with. What you said before is, and that's what I've been feeling a lot of people have been doing, is that they've been kind of almost blaming Alexa for it's release, which just stop. It's not her fault. She had nothing to do with it. And I just need to say that. Just stop blaming her. Just get over yourselves. But it does lead us into that part of the argument for his release, for it's release. It does feel like that WWE, if for some, maybe if there was some sinister reason, they just decided to put the fiend gimmick on Alexa. And then it's like, all right, Wyatt, go ahead. You're gone. And it's, that would be really unfair if they did that. But Mike, what what was your reaction to what Mickie James said?
2: Okay. So first of all, I, I think a part of it was she's, I want to say she's still angry over her own release, but uh, she's right. The, you ben they benefit. When I say they I mean the company. They benefit so much off of the superstars with merch sales this and that. They Bray Wyatt came up with his own gimmicks and they both worked. They were great. We all love the Wyatt family. The Fiend came in and was one of the they started selling the Fiend masks. Right around Halloween too. Right. So you want, you want, you want, you want, you want so much and there is no return. What's the give back for for Bray Wyatt? There isn't one. On the Alexa Bliss, that you can't blame Alexa Bliss. You just, you just, you can't blame her on any of this. You don't know what what goes on behind the scenes. You don't know about any of this. So it's not her fault. If you have a problem with someone, you have a problem with the old guy backstage who, I hold partial, who I hold very responsible behind this, because the fiend was so over. Bray Wyatt was over. I don't care if it was the Fiend or the Eater of the Worlds. And again, I said it before, inconsistently booked, was never given a many fair opportunities because he won the title at Elimination Chamber. Then he loses it right there at WrestleMania.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right after Mania. Meanwhile, I, I'm not comparing the two here. Meanwhile, we got Goldberg at SummerSlam. Those are two things, fans. There's a difference in the two, but same thing. The fans would love to see The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. They don't want to see Goldberg. So either creative's out of touch or the old guy's out of touch. You can't blame Alexa Bliss.
0: Right. And, and another thing, just before I let Patchy go, is uh... – in classic WWE fashion, they they see this thing that Bray Wyatt's over with. Then they go, okay, we either them or whoever say we want Alexa Bliss to be part of this, and Bray says, okay, obviously he okayed it. And then what do they do? They just give her his gimmick. That's basically what they, that's what WrestleMania did. They just gave her the fiend. That's basically what they've done in this Lily thing, and. It just doesn't make any sense. It's like, did you just do that? Did you just give her the gimmick and then just kick the guy who created to the curb?
2: Which is just... Can can, can I also go to this? Because they said budget cuts.
0: Yes, according to Dave Meltzer, it was... I just want to go back to
2: budget cuts for a second. Mainly because of this. If budget cuts were a thick, How much money does John Cena make? That's a ton of money. I don't see him giving it back based on budget cuts. Goldberg doesn't cost a pretty penny, even though he's probably on a Legends deal. And again, I don't mean to bring
0: this person up, but how much are you paying Eva Marie?
2: How much are you paying Pat McAfee? Listen, I love Pat McAfee. Yeah, no offense to these people, but it's just like hmm. we say, we hear budget cuts and these are highly high highly touted names in the business. That can't be a they they're not coming in on a cheap deal.
0: Yeah. You're having to pay a lot to get them on there. You know, even Marie was making a lot of money before she came back, so she you must have made her time worth it. So
2: so I don't uh, want to hear the word budget cuts.
0: Yeah, uh, Patchy, what's your reaction to all the Alexa Bliss stuff going around right now?
1: I'm in the same boat. It's not Alexa Bliss's fault, you know. She was thrown into something, and then she's continued. Not her fault that Bray Wyatt got fired. So we'll start with that. Welcome, Mickey James. Good on Mickey James for calling out creative. Basically saying, um, creative, you hemmed uh, up and it's on you. Con- constantly, they would just bend Bray Wyatt over and then stick it to him. When the, I don't know what happened to when the fans loved something that the fans got what they want. But Mick, we'll, we'll go all the way back to Mick Foley. Mick Foley, he was over as Mankind. Mankind wins the title of this Great celebration, and then in e fashion, they just rip it away from us, instantly. We can point it: Bray Wyatt wins WWE title elimination chamber, then he loses to Orton. Like, oh, okay, okay, I guess Bray will get the strap again, and then he doesn't. He gets the where he should have won the Universal title at Hell in a Cell. We see the. Well, I would say probably one of the worst finishes ever to a match. Oh, yeah. Well, top, top, maybe top three behind maybe the finger poke of Doom will go.
2: But the mm-hmm. best red light match ever.
1: Yes. The stupid. I've another thing to go off. They, then Creative's like, you know what? How can we ruin the fiend? Let's let's make the matches red light. It, that yeah.
0: was the worst. That was honestly one of the worst decisions because it was it was then
1: hard to watch his matches. Watch and then to make up for it how the fans finally won won another thing for once, um that they fucked up the hell in a cell match that okay, next pay-per-view crown jewel or super sojam, wherever wherever it was overseas pay-per-view, they give Barty Wyatt the title. It's like, all right, close to make up for what you did a month earlier. So it looks look like, to me, it just looks like as a whole they wanted to just set Bray Wyatt up failure. Well, and that's
0: the thing that really gets me about about Bray Wyatt is that, and we did this for the last year and a half. Every time we thought the fiend was dead, I mean, like how many episodes did we do where we thought we we were like fiends dead, it's over with? We did it after Hell in a Cell, and we did it after Super Showdown. But every single time. They made you believe that, oh, actually, no, we do know what we're doing. Because right after Hell in a Cell, what if, like she said, they gave him the universal title. And you're like, okay, maybe you can rebuild him with this. Then he gets squashed by Goldberg. And you're like, oh, there it is. There's the death nail. And then what happens just a month later? You get probably the best thing in WWE in 2020, the Firefly Funhouse match. And you're like, oh, Fiend's back. The Fiend, they finally done it. They finally worked with him. And then, nope. He wins the universal title from the – he does the stupid brawn feud, which dragged out for way longer than it needed to. And then he wins the universal title at SummerSlam just to immediately lose it to Roman Reigns at payback a week later, which, again, I'm not putting anything against Roman Reigns because his heel run's been godsend. But why did The Fiend have to be the, the cannon fodder for him? And then now you did the whole Alexa Bliss thing and it was good. And then now it's just like he took his break and then it's just kind of fizzled out. It it comes
2: back to the totem pole. Who's high up? Who's not? He lost to Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins is a guy. Everyone thinks, oh, that's the face, the current face. He lost to Roman Reigns. That's the current face. You know, those are two of the current faces of the company.
1: 100%. The
2: one that still irks me the most, or, or actually, there's a lot, but from a fiend perspective, the one that irk, the two that irk me are the Orton losses. Mm. The, those are the one that Randy Orton won the title from him at Mania third was at 33. Three? Yeah. 33 where was the revenge it was the, it was a house of horrors match no no I know and then he beat him in the stupid matchup backlash after But the- no that was all they did that was all they did no didn't they
0: fight at backlash the next month that was when Jinder Mahal won the title from Orton
2: uh, mm. He never got his one-on-one rematch for the title so, so there's that And now you're doing the Fiend Orton stuff And it felt like every time Okay, it's over with no, They we're just doing kept more. going back And yes. eventually The guy who shouldn't be going over Goes over mm-hmm. What are we doing? There's no reason to put Randy Orton over the Fiend and the other thing
0: that I've read that really gets me upset was apparently, according to multiple, multiple reports, is that when Bray Wyatt came back, he was going to have full control over his character. Now, A, I don't really believe that. But B, if you did, if they did promise him that, there's another reason why he probably was released.
2: They didn't want to have full control over his character. Nope. There, there's one person right now who doesn't want anyone to have full control. And it, it just it just
0: doesn't make any sense because Bray Wyatt could have made the Fiend the biggest thing in wrestling and,
2: and you just got crowds back think about how wild
0: crowds would have went the the fiend was in front of crowds for less than 5 months most of his run was during the pandemic era during the thunderdome and the performance center era it's like oh my god like i i really hope that this was is just a Bray needs more time off. He'll come back next year. I really hope so. But
2: just keep him under contract. I, like, you're going to bring him back for less money. I, you could have found a way to just keep paying him and say, look, you're not competing right now. Well, We're going like, to give you a little bit less.
0: Well, okay. Maybe you do do that. I don't know. Because like I said, as a company wise, you can't pay someone if they're not doing what they're supposed to do.
2: Yeah, but, that, but then if you're just releasing him because of his mental health state, wouldn't that technically be a lawsuit?
0: Well, if that's if that's I, the I mean, only This reason, is a whole
2: other conversation. That's a whole other
0: conversation that we could have later. But, yeah, it, I, I don't know. Just to sum this whole thing up, it's just a really sad day because I really hope that this is just a short-term thing. Maybe they just need to release it from this contract. I mean, they, there's already reports that they want to bring Braun Strowman back. It's like, then why release him in the first place? If you're already interested in bringing him back, why are you releasing him?
2: Because they're like, oh, my God, we see what they're do, what other companies are doing with actual talent.
0: I can tell you we one can't thing.
2: let these guys go.
0: I can tell you one thing. If this is because of creative differences and he's ready to, say, wrestle now, maybe he, like, so let's say, for argument's sake, he's had the time to heal from Brody Lee passing and he's ready to go. AEW should be all over this. If there's mm-hmm. one guy they should get from WWE, it's him. Imagine if they're able to debut him, Punk, and Bray all in the same week. You're talking about a wrestling earthquake. Well, where,
2: if you're, you're talking, I don't know if they put a no compete on Bray. So if they put a 90 day no compete, you're looking November, December.
0: But I think he can still sign a contract he can still seek a contract and say, okay, well, I'll come on on this date. If they get those three superstars and then say they get Braun, like, I know AEW shouldn't be the land of WB rejects, but when it's talent of this level, it, um, it should be.
2: Well, I, I mean, you want a story to go full circle? He becomes the new leader of
1: Dark Order. I was talking to somebody with that the other day.
0: Oh my God, that makes too much sense. That makes way too much sense. And then it, it'd be a way to honor his friend Brody. He fits it.
1: Make it come full circle. You give Rowan and Ron, too.
0: Oh my god! It that honestly, I can't believe that makes way too much sense. That makes way too much sense. And I mean, it wouldn't be the theme, but. Maybe they could try to find something. Somebody to think. And who knows? Maybe if he came up with it, maybe he has. Well, because remember that whole thing where Matt Hardy came up with the broken gimmick. So he, he actually sued TNA to actually be able to use it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he could do that kind of situation with WWE where he can say, look, I came up with it. It is my intellectual property. It's not yours. I wonder if there's a way he could get around that.
1: If anything, the Dark Order would fit the cult Bray Wyatt.
0: Maybe you could, yeah, maybe you could do the cult leader Bray Wyatt again. Because honestly, as much as the theme was awesome, the cult leader Bray Wyatt is what really made me fall in love with Bray. That, it was perfect for him. All right, guys. uh, Anything else to, to wrap up Bray Wyatt being released?
2: A wasted opportunity.
1: One company for sure. Patchy? Uh, to quote his theme song, um, right now he's broken out of love. Hopefully, we see you back in a wrestling
0: ring sooner rather than later, Bray, because we're going to miss you dearly. All right. So, so let's move on to more positive news. And that is we have someone actually returning to the ring. Has been announced on the latest episode of NXT that Samoa Joe will be returning to the ring to face NXT champion carrying Cross at Takeover 36. Obviously, for the NXT Championship, it will be the main event. Mike, you've been one of the biggest supporters of Samoa Joe. What's your reaction to him coming back to the ring?
2: I I, I honestly think that's the only reason why he went to NXT because. I guess the main roster didn't think he could go back into the ring, but you work your tail off and you figure it out. I look, I, I love everything about this. Good for Samoa Joe. The match is gonna be awesome between him and Cross. The story between him and Cross has already been tremendous. And you you already have his post-cross feud with him and Pete Dunn, which has been built also.
1: As ha- that has been built.
2: So I'm excited.
1: Patchy? Oh, shut up and take the money right now. Take it now, take it to the moon, take it back, and bring it back.
2: Guys? He's not fighting the guy who says to the moon. <laughs> uh, by the way, how entertaining is Cameron Grimes? Oh, my God. He's the best
0: thing at NXT. And, oh that's, say- and that's saying something.
2: No, I watched the golf thing like four oh my times.
0: God, <laughs> that is the best segment I've seen in, in years. The funniest thing. Oh, oh, so- sorry, Mr. Knight. Sorry to say, we just pushes him in the pool. Oh my God, great! One of the best comedy wrestlers of all time is Cameron Grimes. Well, that's the best thing is that he's also like a great wrestler too. But back to Joe. I'm I'm so excited for this. Joe is one of the best performers in the world. He's He's got this ire of, or this aura of, he can lose all he wants, but when he steps in the ring, he's like Lesnar, where he's always, you feel like he could beat anybody in the world.
1: Oh, yeah. Doesn't yeah.
0: matter who it is, you could destroy him.
1: Joe feels like he can destroy him. Watch yeah. out, Kerry Cross. But to me, Kerry Cross needs to win. Kerry Cross should win this, because if he loses, it's, Hey, we'll see you at Monday Night Raw. and To be buried. And Midcard City will be coming your way.
0: Yeah, I unfortunately think this is what's going to happen, though. I feel like this is his way. This is their way to get the NXT title off him, have Joe as a psychotic like, killer, and there he goes up to the main roster. Which, by the way, there was a report coming out until Jeff Hardy was diagnosed with COVID-19 this past Sunday. There was supposed to be another match between Cross and Jeff Hardy I guess who was supposed to win, Jeff Hardy.
1: Well, guess what? Karma bit WWE in the ass with that one because they knew they fucked up when they had Jeff Hardy beat him in the first place. No offense, Jeff Hardy. Hope you recover from COVID, but Karma.
2: I'm really I'm... not. Listen, I hope he recovers from COVID too. Jeff Hardy shouldn't be going over anybody. He shouldn't be, but matches was just Jeff Hardy recovery.
0: But, and then, but then, honestly, I didn't like what they did either. You know, this is kind of going off Joe, like just going to cross now. I didn't like what they did with him either. Like, why are we doing cross versus Keith Lee, the rematch? Why aren't we saving that for, I don't know, a pay-per-view?
1: All right. okay. Here, I have a take on that. So, um, I was talking with my mom because she watched it. And I'm like, see, you could have Keith Lee come back, face cross, cross, feet flee. That way like, it, it makes NXT look good, and then that way, okay, yes, Keith Lee lost his return, but Keith Lee is still in good shape. Instead, it's no, Karrion cross gets beat by a roll-up, and then we feed Keith Lee to Bobby Lashley.
2: Wait a sec, and it gets better because you completely forget that Keith Lee fights Bobby Lashley because Goldberg comes out right after. Yeah, so we know who's important. So here's my thing on both those guys, because I think both have been booked terribly on the main roster. If you at least had Cross answer the Bobby Lashley open challenge, Cross could lose that match because of who Lashley is right now in the company. But it wouldn't hurt him one bit. But it wouldn't hurt him. You lose to Jeff Hardy. The only guy Jeff Hardy's probably beaten since the start of the new year is Elias. Mm-hmm. And that's just sad on the f- part of Elias.
0: <laughs> but yeah, like but, there, there's no shame in the in the NXT champion losing to the WWE champ,
2: right? And then you know what you could have had Keith Lee do? You could have had Keith Lee answer Sheamus's open challenge.
0: It's so simple.
2: It- I know you're doing Priest in Sheamus now, and that's fine. By the way, Priest has to win the belt, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: and and move. Move Sheamus to SmackDown.
0: Well, and that's another thing I want to talk about. Kind of just like, let's do a nice little flow here. I am so sick of these contender matches. So, so wait, let me let me get this straight. You have to beat the champion, but you don't get the title if you beat the champion. You get a shot at the championship now. It's like,
2: but it wasn't that the case, regardless if it was an odd title match.
0: I I, I don't get this. Just have a number one contenders match between two guys who aren't the champion. Why are we doing, you got to beat the champion twice to win the title now. Cause you got to beat him to earn the right to go for a championship match. It's like, that makes
2: no sense to me. Also, why did Humberto Carrillo get a contenders match? I didn't know he was still around. I didn't realize
0: either, but I, I can't stand these contender matches. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you make the champion look bad before he's supposed to defend the title against like the same guy that just beat him last week?
2: We're just going to prove this was a fluke victory.
0: And just, yeah, and just this and... Oh, sorry, Patchy, go ahead.
1: This is why, like, created needs to go back to, like, from 2009 to 2009, where you don't announce it as normal contenders, match. You just have the team beat the champion or person beats the champion, then what happens at either pay-per-view or next week? Hey, you get a shot at the title. See, that, that's the thing.
0: That's my problem. It shouldn't even be that. There should be number one contenders matches between say, okay, you've been on a roll, you've been on a roll, here's the champion. You two now fight to see who goes for the championship. That's what it should be. The champion should not have to lose, should not be losing to their contender for them to get a shot next week. Why would I buy that the champion can retain
1: now? Well then, well, hypothetically here, um, well, I need I need an example here. Um, A tag team's on a roll, they're champions. they lose a match to a team that okay, it's not a normal contenders match, it makes them look vulnerable. You you use the vulnerable card here. So with that, okay, hey, it shows okay, hey, let's give them a shot. You know, pay for next time. What happens? Match is great. It looks like that team's going to upset the champions, become the new champion, but no, the tag champs still go over.
0: Okay, and I, and I understand that. If you want to pull that out every once in a while, that's fine, but it should not be your normal thing. That's
1: my I issue. That. I'm just – I'm I'm giving an example here. Right,
0: and I, I understand. You want to pull that card once in a while, that is fine, but that should not be your normal way of doing championship games. Like one of the best – one of my favorite things that they did – was when um, Brock was the champion in, like, 2015. And what, and what were the main event of pay-per-views back then? They were number one contenders matches to fight for Brock. That does so many things good for the – because it makes the title look more valuable. It makes Brock look better, and it makes the guys fighting look better. It makes everyone look better when the guys are fighting this badly just for the shot to go at the champion.
2: Bring back the championship scrambles.
1: Yes, I that think, I agree, I agree with that one. I wanted to bring that up. I'm like, you know, what? I need a championship scramble.
2: But like um, that'd be perfect right now for the intercontinental title on, on SmackDown because you got so many guys, so many guys going for it. Just do that.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so that's something that I want to talk about. That there's that kind of leads into another thing. Like when we talk about Cross and stuff like this, how you could have done all this differently. I was talking with our friend with Adam, and he had a really good point, and I wanted to bring it up to you too. It, and that is, what what's this company gonna look like in five years, when Cena's gone, Orton's gone, Goldberg can't wrestle anymore, Taker's obviously gone, excuse me, uh, Lashley's gone. Who's left? There's no one left as your big stars. It's going to be Roman and Seth. Like, that would be it. Uh, Drew? Drew. That's three guys.
2: Um.
0: See? Look how hard it is for you to come up with just I another know. name.
2: I, I, I mean, I, I don't want to ruin an NXT guy's name by having them come up.
0: Like, I hate to say this, but Keith Lee's not even there yet. Nowhere near that yet.
1: No. No. Well, also Keithley just came
0: back, so true. But they've already done so
2: much damage to him in the already. I'd like to say Adam Cole, but I don't even know if he's going to be on the main roster. And even if he did, he'd get buried like everyone else has. But to me, the question you just asked and what we've talked about shows me two things. One, Vince McMahon doesn't care about NXT. Two, there has to be a different voice within the creative unit as a whole on the main roster. There has to be someone who says, okay, this guy's been doing this down at NXT. What can we do if we're going to shake things up a little bit and bring it into a higher level?
0: What but- when? Remember two years ago when supposedly it was supposed to be Paul Heyman's gonna run raw and Eric Bischoff's gonna run SmackDown. I remember that being one of the happiest days, I thought, because I got all oh, perfect. You got these two brilliant minds like, yeah, what Eric Bischoff did like had a bad run at the end. But Eric Bischoff is a very creative mind in wrestling. So is Paul Heyman. Having these two as like a barrier between Vince and the creative, it would have been perfect. But it screwed that up.
2: So let's throw this out there. Let's think of all the NXT call ups for of what NXT is now. Who's been made the biggest star? The Shield. No, no, no. from what NXT is now. Oh, NXT now- not. when you know the first. It's over- probably Kevin Owens. Even he. Okay. Perfect. You said Finn Balor shows you how much they care about Finn Balor when they just bring him up. Oh, I'm gonna go fight Roman. It's beaten up by snoozefest Boron Corbin and John Cena oh, just takes and place. John Cena just signs the contract to fight Roman. If you wanted John and Roman to fight, Roman should have just accepted. You didn't have to kill Finn Balor.
0: Yeah, you. That was the whole thing that pissed me off that most about that segment was that. You could have just had Roman accept seeing this challenge, but no, you instead have him give the shot to Balor, but then Balor gets beaten up and Santa's spot, so you just bury fit in the process.
1: So, you know, to this, just, just I just had an epiphany. It seems that the E is listening to the internet and saying that oh, Vince hates NXT. What happens after you know if Vince heard that? oh, hates NXT, he's just going to prove that I'll do anything I want with this company, and then he's just having NXT talent get destroyed.
2: Well, you're hurting your own company.
0: That's the thing, is that you're hurting your own company. You're self-sabotaging. We just, we just, I just said, what's this company going to look like in five years? You know a name that could have been on that list of people that could have had this company in five years? Oh, Bray Wyatt?
2: Finn Balor.
0: Finn Balor. You could have had all these guys as your top guys, but no, you've cut under them so much where it took Finn Balor going back to NXT to finally have to be the guy that we all expected him to be. And Bray, you just cut under every single chance you got.
2: And my thing isn't about the internet base. It's just from what I've seen, what call-up have they done things with? Bel-Air. Bel-Air probably the best one right now. Right, like, and even to go back further, the biggest of big was, is probably Charlotte.
0: But she was going to be a star anyway because her dad's name so, is Filler.
2: So do you say the other two is Sasha and Becky? But I don't think that maybe Sasha did Becky never got the man gimmick got big, okay. but early on she was not booked very well. No, nope, they knew they neutered Bailey for a while. Best thing to happen with Bailey was her heel turn,
0: right? It shouldn't have been because that gimmick early on was perfect,
2: and the Thunderdome was the best thing to happen to Bailey too. Well, that, that's very rare to say,
0: but it, and that's just like it's just a crazy thing to look at right now because you look at AEW's roster and WWE's roster. I am way way more excited for AEW's roster than I am WWE's roster. Look at the talent AEWs have. You could have Darby Allen, John Moxley, Kenny Omega. Like, yes, we'll get into that in a minute where it is your your bookers. But John Moxley, Darby Allen, Miro, Kip Sabian, uh, uh, Brian, Jungle Punk, Boy, Jungle Boy, uh, Adam Page, anyone in the Dark Order, uh, uh, Hernandez, and. Um,
2: Santana and Ortiz.
0: Or Santana and Ortiz. You've got Jake Hager. You've got Sammy Guevara. There are so many guys to be excited about, and they treat them like stars. Like, perfect example, what was the main event on AEW Dynamite, I think, three weeks ago? Sammy Guevara versus MJF, two of the brightest young stars, and they gave him, like, 40 minutes. And what happened? It was one of the best matches of the year. WWE doesn't do that.
2: Can we RAW's on tomorrow night
1: yes. as we're
2: recording this? Can we guess on on what we're gonna see? Goldberg, or, or, or we're gonna probably see Goldberg.
1: There's nothing wrong with that because you know he's got a re-answer to re-answer the Lashley. Nobody right, cares. but yeah. but we'll see a rematch
0: of some match that we saw last week. Right, oh,
1: we're
2: we're,
0: see, we're seeing the rematch of Charlotte Nikki. Yeah.
2: Uh, P- Priest and Sheamus? Is Priest's title match Rana, or is that SummerSlam?
0: I'm not sure, but we'll probably
2: see a rematch of that.
0: And it, it, it's just that's... Um, that's I what I was, either
2: AJ or Omos or wrestling? Probably one of the Viking Raiders. Hold on. I'm going to go see if they have anything yet.
0: And and that's what kind of gets me about the Contender series, is that it just creates this whole rematch mentality and that's just the that's the biggest thing that i hate to me right now that's the biggest reason why i would rather watch aew rather than wwe because right. aew at the very least will give you interesting and fresh matchups every week
1: All right you got um nikki AA nikki a s h versus charlotte no hog no holds barred match
0: that's a rematch from last week
1: Goldberg will appear in
0: some capacity.
2: Goldberg's appearing. Riddle versus Omos.
0: We've already we already saw that like three weeks ago.
2: Uh,
1: There's no originality here. Apparently, Orton might return.
2: Okay, so you're gonna get the RK Bro versus AJ and Omos match at
1: Summerslam, which is perfectly fine.
0: Again, that's perfectly fine, but. This whole rematch mentality is really killing WWE. And not only that, it kills, it neuters all this young talent that should be stars in a couple of years.
1: You know, and also, it, it, you know, it's just, it's just not working. This comes back to the point they might be getting ready to sell it. What's that? This might just come back full circle that they're just getting ready to sell it.
0: I, I do. I still think that rumor holds true. I still think there is some plan to sell WWE because Bray Wyatt's salary was around 1 million. I meant to say this earlier. Bray Wyatt's salary was around 1 million a year. And again, you do not release a huge merchandise mover unless you're trying to save money somewhere. So I just, we'll, we'll see. There's a lot, like I said, there's a lot to unpack with this and yeah, we'll, I mean, I'm not going to lie guys. I really do believe in a year, or less than a year, AEW will have more viewers than Raw will a week.
2: I mean, I, I think that's kind of where we're at, anyway.
0: I mean, we're getting close to it, and I think finally that what that's what will force WWE to do something.
2: I mean, the other thing is uh, the only. You watch SmackDown for Roman, I think you said.
0: I only watch SmackDown because of Roman Reigns. That's it.
2: It's. I, I know they said one's coming. It's time for a shakeup. Yeah. It's time. Even with bringing some guys, just we we need fresh faces. We need something. Mm-hmm. You. AEW gives you a reason to watch week in, week out. Yeah. NXT is the only WWE program that gives you a reason to watch week in and week out.
0: And I can tell you right now, they're getting a little bad too. A lot of disqualifications, a lot of repeat well, I, I matches. Think a lot of their
2: issues come from, well, look at Cross, as the pro- Cross and Bronson Reed. Are they main roster guys? Are they NXT? You don't know. Right. So I think th- the NXT writers are in the seat, are in a holding pair because they don't know what's going on up on the main roster.
0: It's, it's just chaos in WWE right now. <laughs> it just really is. Uh, all right, guys. Anything to wrap up any of the WWE talk? Bray Wyatt release? Anything we just talked about?
2: Uh, poor The Fiend. Patchy,
1: somewhere Sister Abigail is still waiting to come out.
0: Yeah, somewhere. Hopefully, we'll see her soon. Uh, all right. Uh, well, we yeah, got one more thing to talk about tonight. Uh, Mike, I'm going to throw it to you because you you brought this up. What you want to talk? What you want to talk about?
2: Okay. So, so this came from a conversation we just had before, and I think Patch and I are on the same page here. AEW's got a booking problem. Not a booker problem, a booking problem. So let's go to what Dynamite Wednesday night where there was a 10-man tag between Hangman, Adam Page, and the Dark Order against the elite of Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Gallows and Anderson, who I still don't even know if they're under AEW contract or not, but I know they're under impact contract. So the rules went as simple if hangman hangman and dark order when they get the hangman gets a world title shot and dark order gets a tag title shot if the elite wins hangman doesn't get a shot what happens the elite go over my problem is this has a very nwo vibe to it but it has the vibes of I'm trying to think of the Okay, here's the problem. We know how great the Bucs are, and we know how great Kenny Omega is. Everyone knows. The problem is AEW is supposed to be different. You said we're not going to be like other companies. And and for the most part, they've been right. They've been a little bit different. But when it comes to booking your star talents – or the guys who are in charge? Uh, I'm not there, man. You you have to build up other faces. We we've talked about before. Hangman should be a world champion soon. Hangman should be the guy to take the belt off of Kenny. If not, if it's not Hangman, who's it going to be?
1: MJF, Amy Guevara, Jericho again. Well, no, my,
2: I'm not. My, my my guess on Jericho is when he fights MJF, which I'm guessing will be all out. It'll be like a loser leaves AEW match. Jericho loses, so he'd go on tour of Fozzy. Mm-hmm. He'll be back eventually, but who knows when? But re- Kenny Omega's already beaten Moxley. Moxley's not getting another shot. Dar- Is Darby Allen going to be the world champion? I think so. I think someday. All right, let me free. You're going to book Darby Allen over Kenny Omega? I it,
0: it's hangman. It's going to be hangman it's- at all. They're going to find some way around this. And to to answer what you you said, I wanted to ha- I wanted to say this. I I can understand where you're coming from of it this feels like an NWO overbooking kind of deal. But I think the problem with the NWO was is that in, the, in NWO won in the end. Like, they won so much, and then they just won in the end. They never got, like, their comeuppance. I think with AEW, I think the smart thing that they've realized is that they understand that, okay, Omega and the Young Bucks have been running roughshod over AEW the last six months. They're going to get taken down at some point, and I think that point is all out. I think the Bucks will lose their tag titles to – I don't know who yet. And maybe it's the Dark Order. Maybe it's so, – so
2: the, the only thing I've thought of, and the only reason I've thought of it is social media and because of someone who appeared at Impact. The only thing I could think of is are you going to do the Elite versus Bullet Club? You could do something like that.
0: Um, but I think, like I said, I think if Kenny Omega loses to Adam Page at All Out, I think this was all worth it because it was a good story of like Page overcoming the odds and finally taking down the. If elite. it's Hangman Page, it's gonna be they. They would not say he's the champ, he's the challenger, only to change it. What a month before the show? There's th- that. That's not them. I, I'm not. Obviously, it could be. Who knows? But that just I'm not, just doesn't seem like their style. This feels like a we're going to be unpredictable and try to make you think that we're not going to do what you, what you want. But it's going to be – it's got to be – if it if Hangman Page does not win the title from Kenny Omega at All Out, I will be on here having a massive rant with you guys because it's that's how, what you got to do. You got to have your star that's not a former WWE or New Japan guy. Or one of your main
2: Have they said where All Out's gonna be? Uh isn't it Chicago? Is it gonna be Chicago again? I believe I believe it's Chicago.
1: I think All Out is Chicago every year. Okay. Yeah, uh Chicago, Illinois. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. Chicago suburb.
2: Uh, I know a guy who just signed there, apparently he's from Chicago.
0: Yeah, we'll 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 get we'll give you guys updates whenever that happens. Uh, Patchy, did you have anything to add to what Mike was talking about? Cause I know you said you agreed with him. Um, yeah,
1: you know. Sure, yeah, I get stuff. Uh, I get stuff uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting because you know you got the, the the four people that are supposed to be in charge of this company behind Tony Khan. Um, three of the four are champions. And it's just to me, it's making it look like that they couldn't make it in the E or wouldn't get signed by the E, and that they need to make themselves champions to poke their ego. Granted, I could be 110% wrong with this, but you think after a year and a half, okay, you know, if, if you guys need to be inaugural champions, go ahead, be inaugural champions, who cares? But lose the damn titles, start putting over start putting over more talent because at the end of the day if you keep having the titles on yourself eventually people like WCW when they watch wcw are just going to get sick of it and not tune in plain and simple and like i said i do
0: believe that they will learn their less quote or in their lesson i guess in a way I don't think they'll do that because I think, like I said, I think Adam Page will defeat Kenny Omega to win. And then, like I, like you said, Patchy, it's all – it's it's you you build the new stars. You finally build a new star. You give it behind Adam Page, and that's who's leading your company. And I think, like I said, the Bucs will lose their titles to some team. I believe they're doing – they might be doing a number one contenders match or some sort of tournament, I believe. that That's been a heavy rumor. They're going to do some sort of, like, title – tournament culminating it all out with the winning team getting a shot the bucks so but all right so that is the aaw talk for now obviously we'll have way more for you when we get closer to all out and we know the card we know that same thing for SummerSlam. like kind of kind of a little bit low because we know the three big matches but we don't really know much about about the rest of the card but Patchy, uh, Mike, anything else to anything else you want to discuss on this episode?
1: Um, about 11 hours ago, if you didn't pay attention to Bray Wyatt's I think Instagram, he has a thing under his um, Wyndham rotunda. It says, Cult of Wyndham coming soon. So apparently something's coming from Bray Wyatt. Cult of Wyndham, interesting. Well, wow, there's a little teaser for everybody. Go
0: check out Bray Wyatt's Instagram, see what's going to happen with that. Cult of Wyndham, that's interesting the cult of wind cult of personality is he joining is he gonna join punk
2: oh my god it's the new nexus all over again
0: well, well i'll have something for you guys little teaser i'll have a little fancy booking for you guys next time because i have a little idea of mine for for certain people going to aew but uh so guys anything else add anything else to add to this sh- episode nope all right so that is going to do it for this episode of the face turn podcast thank you guys so much for listening if you want more content check out the sports and Sandy networkcom for blog posts show all our shows everything you know check us out give us a like everything uh, but For Lords, Patchman Lang, and Mike Planmaster Rifkin, I'm Noah Lee. You've been listening to Face Turn Podcast. We'll see you guys next time.